Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Welcome, my name is Dave, I'm one of the leaders here and it's great to have you with us. If you're new, then a special welcome to you. I hope you feel encouraged with us today. Um, Today we're going to be speaking about, uh, it's a one-off message um, called Through the Valley, looking at Psalm 23. And uh, just really excited to bring this um, next week. Um, do come next week. Uh, Mick and Sandra, our, our former pastors, are, are brilliant. They're the most humble people that we know. Um, they just, uh, <laughs> they're just full of prayer. And they're going to literally be explaining some, some telling some, I said, come and share. Because they won't normally share this stuff. There's so much stuff that's happened in their life, miracles that will encourage us. Because they're so humble. So they're going to come and unpack. We're going to let them loose on you all. And for those that want to be receive and, um, something from the Lord, then we're going to let them loose just to pray with you next week. So come next week. It's going to be a fantastic time. I don't know what's going to happen, but we love those sort of meetings, don't we? So let's just uh, come expectant next week. So through the valley. So um, I've got a friend uh, called Jonathan. He comes from Aberdeer. He lives in the valleys. Any, any Welsh people here? Oh, fantastic. The valleys. Yes, that's a really poor um, Welsh accent. But... Um, Here's a definition of the word valley, okay? A valley is a low area of land between hills and mountains, typically with a river or stream flowing through it. That's from the Oxford English Dictionary. Um, And we often use in life um, the word valley to mean maybe a a difficult time we might be going through, a difficult season of life. We might sometimes talk about uh, mountaintops of life when all things are going well. And then we might talk about... um, Valleys is maybe a difficult time, a challenging time. And the reality is, if we've got breath in our bodies, whether we're a Christ follower or not, and including Christ followers, there will be times when we will walk through valley situations, challenging times. They come from every different spectrum, and often they come unexpectedly. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a, a report from a doctor that you just weren't expecting that diagnosis to come. It could be you tried so hard at university for a certain result, and for some reason, you got a different result than you were hoping for. It could be at work, you, you, you were applying for a position or promotion, and you just thought you were going to get it, and someone else beat you to it. Often, these, these valley experiences come unexpectedly. You're thinking, you're hoping for something good to happen, and almost like the opposite might come. Give us a wave, you know what I'm talking about. Valley experiences that affect every single one of us. But they come unexpectedly. A bit like diversion signs. Give me a wave if in the last month or so you've had to go through a diversion in life. And I don't know, for us, when, we, when we're on the road traveling, often it's when we're under pressure, time pressure, that's when those things appear. Those, those bright yellow signs saying diversion, and you just know it's going to impact on you in terms of extra mileage. That's not so much a, a problem. It's more about extra time that you just don't have. We were coming back from Sheffield. We went to visit Leanne's um, sister and brother-in-law in Sheffield recently, and uh, just wanted to get the kids ready back to bed. We had church the next day, and suddenly, from the word go, we saw a whole s- series of these yellow diversion signs. And... Uh, it should be easy. I mean, I love, I love this day and age we've got sat-navs because I just, I'm so reliant on my sat-nav. I know I shouldn't be, but I am. Um, 
and uh, I know Pete is relying on, on is A to Z out, and I'm, I'm very much into the sat-navs. But when we see these signs come, then you're reliant on them. It's like, bye-bye Google sat-nav, and it's like, you've got to rely on them, and you, you might be going, at, and even with those, what should you do? You keep going, you keep following the last instruction, don't you? That's how it's set up. But even with those, I get lost. Even those, I need another, I, and then I see another diversion sign. I should come back the other way. So, oh, it's a nightmare. Diversion signs. But here's the thing about diversions, is your valley is a diversion, not a destination. Your valley experience that you might exper have experienced before or might suddenly experience in the present or in the future is not meant to be a resting place for you. It's not meant to be a destination where you stop. It's a, it's a temporary place. It's a diversion. It's a diversion. It might be unexpected. It might be suddenly. But it's a diversion. But you're not, you and I are not meant to stay there. If we stayed at a diversion sign, we'd never reach our destination that God has for us. Is that right? God has a destination for every single one of us. He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. But sometimes we stop at a diversion. We stop in the valley because the valley is really difficult. Maybe some of us, we've got a valley experience where relationships have broken down. Or people have hurt us. And somehow along the way, we've, we've stopped there. But God doesn't want us to stop there. God wants us to get back on our feet. Sometimes we may need to pause for a while. But God wants to get back on our feet and keep going towards the destination he has for every single one of us today. Your valley is a diversion, not a destination. And today I just feel, as we just unpack the word of God through Psalm 23, God's going to speak to us today as individuals, as families, but also as a church. The valley is a diversion, not a destination. So Psalm 23 we all know it. It's one, uh, one of the psalms that are, that are read before battle, maybe before soldiers go into battle. It's a psalm that is read at many funeral services. A psalm that is read in difficult, challenging situations of life. But I believe this psalm could be read. I'm not saying read it every single day of your life, but it's a psalm for life. It's a psalm for life, not just for the, the difficult diversion times and valley experience of our lives. It's a psalm for life. It's written by De David. King David, one of the greatest kings in the nation of Israel. He did many things wrong. Did many things wrong. But the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. What a better place to be than a man or a woman who just wants what God wants. A man after God's own heart. And David was a shepherd boy. He was a shepherd boy. The shepherds, the role of a shepherd was often given to the lowest of the low. And if, you, if a family had sheep, it would be given to the youngest boy. Hey, go and look after the sheep. As was the case with David. So David writes this, this psalm out of experience of shepherding sheep. Shepherding sheep. And he entitles it, the, the Lord, the shepherd of his people. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David was describing the Lord, God Almighty, the creator of heaven, heaven and earth, is my, is your personal shepherd. He hasn't left you alone. He hasn't left you alone. He's there looking out of your life. He neither slumbers nor sleep. God doesn't need sleep. You and I need sleep. God doesn't need sleep. He's constantly watching out for you 
He sees the diversions ahead, the valleys ahead. He sees the plan and purposes for your life. And he's your and my personal shepherd. Shepherd wants to look after sheep, doesn't he? Shepherd wants to look after, wants to get the sheep from, uh, from one place to the next place. and Look after their needs in between. And David says, I shall not want, I shall not lack anything that I need. What do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? Physically, financially, mentally, emotionally. What do you need? Because God is the provider of everything that you need. Everything you need. You shall not want. It may not feel like it's there yet. But God, the shepherd, your shepherd, wants to give you everything that you need. He continues, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. God knows when we need rest, doesn't he? Green pastures, pastures of tender grass. You see the image there, a, a sheep there sitting down on, on green grass and looking at some still waters. We need rest. And sometimes in the valley's experience, actually what we need is rest. Elijah, in the Bible, when Jezebel was after him, actually what he needed was rest and some angel cake. <laughs> looking, looking after ourselves, our well-being. Sometimes we don't look after ourselves when we need to look after ourselves. When we're going through a difficult situation, actually the thing we need to do is give ourselves rest. Give ourselves a break. Eat. Drink. And look after ourselves. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Because in the stillness, he can whisper to your heart. He can speak to you and to me. And David continues. He says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That word there in the Hebrew, the restores, actually means the same as repentance. Because repentance is about bringing something back to its original glory. When God created mankind, humankind in the beginning, he created us without any sin. Holy, blameless in his sight. But we messed up. And we do mess up. But when we repent and when we say, God, would you forgive me? I want to follow your ways. He restores our soul back to its original glory for his namesake. Many of us here today are Christ followers, followers of Jesus Christ. And we're not perfect. But actually, in Christ, we are perfect. When we mess up, we repent from a genuine heart and then we would become perfect again. It's like having a, a shower when you're dirty and you have a shower and you become clean. And that's just the gift of God to us. Repentance, a change of mind. God restores your soul. And he will lead you in paths, as the shepherd, he will lead you and I in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Just, just let that sink in a minute. For his name's sake, he's leading you in life. Whatever you go through, 
And whatever diversion signs you, you see in your life and over your life, whatever valley experiences you might even have, the privilege of walking through. The privilege. Well, Dave, what are you talking about? Pain, the privilege. Pain, a privilege. Whatever paths we take, walking as Christ followers, it's for his name's sake. The Bible declares, Paul declares, that we will not allow, be allowed to be tested beyond what we are able. So if you have the privilege of going through a difficult time, and it may not seem like a privilege, I'm not making light of it, God has seen a greater purpose. A greater purpose for you and my life. Because the scars that we carry, the pain that we carry, is never meant to, to weigh us down. But we will rise again. We will rise again. And the pain, the scars that you carry can be a blessing to many, many people. If you choose to keep following the Lord through the storm, through the pain, because it's his name's sake. His paths are leading you down because his name's sake is printed over your destiny. If you look at a road atlas, you might have AA road atlas. Well, here you've got the Lord God Almighty as the root of your life. Sometimes we don't understand it. I'm not saying it's easy. Sometimes there's confusion. And sometimes on planet Earth, you may never understand the full reason for the season that you go through. But God is on the throne. And God just says, trust me. Trust me. Trust me with the pain. Trust me with the... The difficulty. Trust me with your questions. Trust me with your doubts. You don't understand what everything is, and sometimes we want to understand it all. I want to understand stuff. I'm a thinker. I'm an analyst. I want to understand stuff. But God says to me, no, I can't always understand stuff. I've got to trust. Our life is a trust. Well, on planet Earth, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, declares David. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Suddenly David's language is turning from God to you. He's talking, about, he's talking to God now. I'm not going to fear any evil. The thing is, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The final death, the final fear we think we might fear is, is death itself. But here David's talking about the valley of the shadow of death. He's not talking about the, val shadow, he's not about the valley of death, the valley of the shadow of death. And think about the, in, a, in a valley situation, there's not much light, is there? And it's dark. And in the darkness, we might fear things. Sometimes children fear shadows, don't they? Sometimes big children can fear shadows. The thing that might happen. The what ifs of life. And God says, don't worry about the what ifs of life. Don't worry about what might happen. Look to me. Because as we look to him, we don't have to fear. The thing is, if there's a shadow, there's a source of light. Where there's a, where there's a shadow, there's a sun. Where there's a shadow, there's a sun. In your darkest times that you might ever face on planet Earth, I mean, you might be on the mountaintop today, but when, when tragedy strikes and difficult times happen, there is a son, Jesus Christ, who died to give you hope, future, and not to live in fear. Jesus died to break the final enemy, 
which is death itself. The death itself. So David could declare, I will fear no evil. If you or I were to be on our last, on our deathbed, on our deathbed, and we literally had hours ahead of us, and we, people prayed their prayers, believed their best, but actually it wasn't for you to come through and you were to go and join Jesus in glory. It is well with your soul. It's okay. It's okay because Jesus has beaten death that we may live forever with him. Amen? Because sometimes life doesn't turn out as we want. Sometimes we pray our prayers and we believe the best. But God entrusts your life sometimes with a different course of action. We still believe. We still battle. We do battle in the heavenlies. We pray and expect and confess. We might bind and we might loose. But sometimes there's a different course of action that God would have. Because he sees something in you. And maybe something in you or my life might be about actually it's something for someone else coming behind me. For someone else. Actually, I've run my race. I've run my race, Lord. And now something about what's going to happen next can bring glory to your name through how I conduct my life. When Leanne's um, dad, Terry, uh, was ill with cancer, um, we prayed. But all along, we were just chatting about this the other week, all along, we couldn't pray a, a prayer of conviction. God, you're going to heal him. Because something in our, deep in our hearts knew that actually he was going to be with the Lord. His, his death, his, the journey of, of him being alive to when he passed away was one when he met Jesus, was one of salvation. He wasn't a follower of Christ, and he became a follower of Christ. And it was simply glorious, simply glorious, that moment when it just happened. And that was his race. Oh, God, that he would be still alive. But God had other plans. And as we embrace, and it, uh, do you know what? As I saw Terry just um, getting, just deteriorating, and, under, and Might and Hospice, brilliant. They looked after Terry. Brilliant. And as we saw him just, just ending toward his days, he held himself well. He, uh, he did not moan. He did not grumble. He was looking out for other people to the moment he went to be with Jesus in glory. And it was just an awesome passing, an awesome time. Can God trust you with the shadows, the valleys? Can he trust you? And more importantly, can you trust him with your life? The Christian life isn't always easy. Life itself isn't always easy. But God wants us every step of the way to trust him. To trust him. Why? Because he is with us. He promises never to leave us or forsake us. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. Are there any sheep here today? Yeah? Any sheep? Jesus laid his life down for you and for me. No one else has laid their down, life down for you in the way that Jesus did, which brought radical transformation to our lives. And he promises 
not to leave us orphans. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And he, he's got a rod and a staff. The rod is the prodding stick. Come on, it's the defensive stick, offensive stick. And sometimes as sheep, we need a bit of a prod, don't we? Yeah? Come on, get going. And sometimes as sheep, we go off in our own direction and we do our own thing and we're trying to listen to God or we might disobey God. And suddenly we get the crook around the neck to get us back into safety. We need the rod and we need the staff. Because we don't always get it right. Your rod and your staff, your protection and your constraint. I love them, Lord. They comfort me, declares David. And then just in closing the psalm, still in the valley of the shadow of death, David declares this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes we might be, I know, at home and have some worship music on as Christ followers and, and just loving God and all's good. All's good. But David is saying, in the presence of our enemies, enemies of doubt, fear, disappointment, not getting the grade, illness, loss of a job, lack of promotion. In those difficult times, God has prepared a table for you and for me. In the presence of my enemies. My question is, will we come? You see, it's not just a table. It's not just a table. It's not just a table. Because sometimes as, as Christ followers, we want to do battle. So we might grab a quick snack in God. Quick prayer in God and try and do battle. But what Jesus says, is I'm laying for you a table. It's a feast. Okay, around about you are the enemies looking on. But do you know what? Do you know what? They're not going to be able to touch you. Because I want you right now to dine with me. I want you to come right now to the table. I want you to come and dine with me. To feast with me. And I'm putting on a, such a great spread. And I, I'm taking my time. I'm preparing for you. I'm preparing for you a table in the presence of my enemies. But will we come and will we dine? Will we feast? Not grab a snack, but will we feast with Jesus? Will you feast with Jesus today? Will you feast with Jesus when you go through a terrible time in your life? Will you feast with Jesus when someone you love has an unexpected, difficult situation? Will you feast with Jesus? That's an empty plate, isn't it? I don't know if I could have anything on there right now. I'd probably have a big, big roast dinner. Steam coming up and gravy. And, and what they also did in the days, the host, Jesus is our host. And he, he's saying, come and dine with me. And they used to, in, in Middle Eastern countries, anoint the head with oil. They didn't have like, Links deodorant. And the, the oil was, was, was fragranced. And they used to pour it on the head as a, you know, obviously you'd be walking around and you'd get uh, sweaty and a bit smelly. And they pour the oil over your head as a sweet perfume. It was a way of just being refreshed 
by your host at a meal. God wants to pour his sweet perfume over your life. Today, and if ever you go through a difficult time, but you've got to come to the table. In business, you might have all of the ideas in the world, but you've got to be at the table of negotiation to make a difference, haven't you? If you're not at the table, you can't make a difference. You've got to earn your right to be at the table. You and I haven't earned the right, but Jesus gave us the right by dying for us. We can come to the table. And I love this. Surely, surely, it doesn't say maybe, surely, almost like two armed guards, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's a bit like two, I don't know, bodyguards walking behind me. One's called goodness, because it's just good. The other one's called mercy. Mercy in the Hebrew is talking about the loving covenant kindness. Loving covenant kindness. Goodness and God's covenant with you of kindness on your life are going to follow you all the days of your life. In your best days, when things go as you want. In your worst days, when you just ca- when all hell is breaking loose. And life is a bit of a disappointment. Goodness and mercy are still following you and me all the days of my life. And David declares in the end of this psalm, do you know what? I choose in all my imperfections, in all my bad decisions, I choose that I am going to dwell in the house of the Lord. How often? How often? David made a declaration that I choose that in the good times, in the bad times, in the mountaintops, in those valley diversion experiences, I choose I'm going to dwell in the presence of God. I'm going to come to this table all the days of my life. Because at this table, I can feast on Jesus. At this table, I can have everything that I need for life and godliness because he has provided for it. Surely goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Your valley is a diversion, not a destination. And those valley times, keep running, keep walking, but come to the table. Come to that table in the valley, in the valley. So he doesn't put the, he doesn't put the, the table in the mountaintop. The table exists in your most darkest times as well. Come to the table. To get through your valley, you've got to get to Jesus. To get through, you've got to get to Jesus. He's made a way because he died for you and I. And two of the keys, just in closing, are this, simply. Prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. We, um, we had a, a, when we were youth pastors in Coventry, we had a, a young person that went to um, Bethel Church in, uh, in, um, in Redding, California. Doing tremendous work there. He's still there now. And uh, many of you would have seen a YouTube clip about a song that was written called I Raise a Hallelujah. Who's heard of that song? Okay. And uh, at the beginning of the song, they talk about the fact that there was a young child called Jackson that was close to death. And uh, Jackson w- was literally going to die. And uh, a worship leader just almost like the whole church was praying, the worship leader just didn't have any more words to, to pray. And this song came to him. 
I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And sometimes, church, all we can do when we're at our darkest time is just come and sit and look to God. And then all we can do is say, God, I come as I am. I pray. God, I just come as I am. And sometimes all we can do is just sing. There's another story which our, our friend had the opportunity of videoing that came onto YouTube. And that was a group went on a mission trip to London. And on the plane, a guy called Andrew Jackson suddenly started having heart palpitations. And so a doctor who was in that group sort of said, looked at him and they said, we're going to land this plane now, we're going to land this plane. And Andrew Jackson died. Out of the blue, out of the blue, he lost his life. And there you've got two stories where a church comes together and prays and believes and a song is written, all glory to God, and a boy comes through and suddenly in an unexpected situation, where a man on a missions trip, serving Jesus, loses life. And the church learned what it was to come to the table through every season, every season, and learn what it is to worship God, to praise God, to pray and see breakthrough. But, we, but even if not, even if not, even if not, what you want to happen happens, is God still on the throne? Is he? Is God still on the throne? In our darkest times? Is God on the throne in our best of times? Will you come to the table? It's an invitation that God asks you to do. To come to the table. Oh Lord, I thank you that you'd prepare a table before every single one of us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in your presence, in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. Thank you, Lord, that some of us have the privilege of carrying scars. Oh, if you're carrying scars today, if you've gone through difficult times, if you've gone through sad times, oh, God wants to use, to use your scars, to use your pain for the glory of his name. He wants you to be able to share and to be a blessing to many people because he's counted you worthy of suffering, counted worthy of carrying, coming through. Don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. Don't get bitter in the disappointment in the hurt. Don't allow hurt to have a residence in your life. But get up and come to the table and dine and feast and God will use what you have experienced for his glory and for his name's sake and others will learn and others will seek to be like what you have been like in the storm in the valley in the diversion for his name's sake and some of us need to know what it is to get to our feet when life is not what we want some of us need to learn what it is to praise him when it is difficult some of us need to know what it is to come and just sit in his presence. Oh, when life is like horrible, when life is rubbish, when all hell is, hell is breaking loose. Because he prepares a table before us in the presence, in the presence of our enemies. Oh, doubt, fear, death, oh, lies, oh, selfish ambition, oh, oh everything that we want.
want to happen, but it doesn't happen. And he says, will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Will you come and feast? Will you come and dine? Will you come and dine? Oh, and he will anoint your head with oil. Oh, so that your cup runs over. Because surely goodness and mercy will follow you. You and me. All the days of our lives. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I will dwell in the presence of my God. Come thick or thin, mountaintop or valley, all the days of my life. And Lord, however you long for me to live on this planet Earth, I will live for your glory. And if my time comes sooner than what I want, I will live for your glory. Because I know that I will live for you forever. Because death has lost its sting. Death has lost its sting. I wonder right now if in the house today, there's anyone that wants to know what it is to come to the table. Just come as you are. Come to this table. Come to this table. Come to this table. The banner will just lead us in a song. But come to this table. God wants you to come to Him. He's prepared it for you in the midst of your enemies. In the midst of your enemies. But there's finest of food. This finest of drink that will satiate your soul. That will fill you and bless you and bless you. He knows what you need. He knows the food that you need. He knows the drink that you need. He knows everything that you need. In the presence of your enemies, He is the host. He's the host. He's your host. If you need God in any way today, just come. Come to this table. And tell him what you need. Come and kneel. Come and bow. Come and stand. Come to his table. And allow him to bless you with his presence today. Come. 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 We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.